He's definitely not a stranger to this pulpit tonight. I want to come, whatever he feels of the Lord. Let's give him a good Bendale welcome to this pulpit here tonight. God bless you, Brother McCool. Appreciate you. Come on, shout to the Lord with a voice of triumph. Come on, let's do, let's do a little better than that right now. Thank you, Jesus. You're worthy, Lord. We exalt you tonight. God, we didn't come to do anything else but to praise you. You're worthy of all of our praise, Lord. You're everything to us, God. Thank you for your mercies today. Thank you for the power of the Holy Ghost. Praise God. Give somebody a high five and say, I'm glad to be in church. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. What a joy it is to be in the house of the Lord with you. And uh, thankful for the blessings of the Lord. And uh, good to have my wife here with me, my glorified chauffeur. Praise God. I was glad to see her roll up Monday. Amen. I was tired of hanging around the house by myself. Amen. You know, when your spouse is your best friend, it just, when they're not there with you, it's just uh, too quiet. Praise God. And uh, of course, my wife, she, she'll tell you she's kind of quiet anyway. That I'll be off preaching, and she'll say, it's too quiet around this house. I said, well, you're telling me I need to come home. <laughs> Amen. And so uh, about that statement Sunday, don't you tell her a word, praise God. If I want her to know, I'll tell her myself, praise God. That means you, Sister Moore, praise the Lord. Been back there texting and all that good stuff. I'm going to separate y'all, too. Amen. Everybody, everybody glad you came to church? <laughs> Hallelujah. You don't feel like you're walking in mud anymore now, do you? Praise God. I enjoy what I felt. <clears throat> Brother Troy and Brother Moore getting up here and kicking this thing into, into gear. Tell you what, great things happen when you worship the Lord. <laughs> Well, y'all are getting a little quiet, amen. Maybe, maybe it's my fault. Maybe I need to get, I wish I had a little more of that right now. That, what did he, what he say? Is that what he said? I need some of that. Amen. I need to get it gassed up, praise God. Amen. But I'm getting it back, hallelujah, day by day. Amen. I am torn tonight. What I had wanted to preach, and this morning I got up and I had uh, had something on my mind, and later on this afternoon in prayer, just the Lord seemed to keep <clears throat> uh, directing me in another direction, and I thought it was the Lord, praise God, amen, and a friend of mine called and, and said he was preaching a sermon, he wanted to go through this whole sermon he was about to preach, and I said, brother, if you don't mind... I need to kind of get in here and make sure I'm on target. <laughs> Praise God. So anyway, nothing bad toward that brother. But uh, anyway, sometimes you just got to get away. Amen. And uh, your pastor said something to me Sunday. And uh, it's been with me throughout this week. And uh, that is, don't worry about trying to <clears throat> shoot the lights out. Let's just sometimes slow down and let's, uh, let's soak some things in. 
And, uh, of course, if you know me, I'll, I'll get it cranked up after a while. <clears throat> I told one brother over here, I said, sometimes it takes a little while to get that tractor cranked. Hey, Amen. Sometimes it blows a little white smoke before we can get it rolling, get the disc put in, and, amen, do a little plowing. Praise God. If you have your Bible, turn me to Matthew chapter 6 and uh, give honor to your wonderful pastor, my friend, and uh, Brother Moore, Sister Moore, Sometimes, Sister Moore, praise God, but amen. Love and appreciate both of them so very, very much. Love this church, and we always feel at home here when we, when we come. And um, appreciate y'all putting up with us. Hallelujah. We like y'all too, praise God. Amen. Amen. Shh. I'll have to come back later. Matthew 6 and 6. I'll have to come back later and get this other one. And uh, I'll preach about the God who sees. And I'll, I'll preach about that another day. Amen. But I just, I just feel this. Amen. And um, we're just going to go with it. Praise God. Matthew 6, verse 6. Everybody read it with me. Can you read it with me? Amen. Now, you country folk, I've, I've heard some of y'all. Y'all get loud when you want to get loud. Amen. So read it loud. Is that all right? Some of y'all act like y'all don't want to, but I'm going to make you read loud. All right. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. And when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father which is in secret. And thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. But when you pray, use not vain repetition as the heathen do. Where are y'all at? Help me, pray. Help me read. For they think they should be heard for their much speaking. Be not therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things you have need of before you ask him. After this manner, therefore, pray ye, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Praise God. Drawing your attention to verse 6. But thou, when thou prayest. Everybody say, when thou prayest. Verse 7 says, when you pray. Everybody say, when you pray. And then in verse 8, it says, For your Father knoweth what things you have need of before you ask him. After this manner, therefore, pray ye. And so I'm going to talk a little bit about when God's people pray. When God's people pray. Amen. Powerful things happen when you and I pray. Incredible things that though for the moment we don't see it, nor do we quite understand what we're, what we're experiencing when we're praying, God knows what's happening in the Spirit. And somewhere along the way, God has a way of just manifesting and revealing the things that take place when we pray. And we're going to try to talk about some of those things and encourage you Amen. Don't slack in prayer in these end time. Get your mind focused 
on a God that Mark said in his gospel does all things well. He is ready to answer our prayer. Some of our kinfolks are waiting for somebody to get locked in in prayer. They need somebody to stand in the gap. Praise God. So we're going to talk to you a little bit about that. Father, we thank you for your word tonight. ask you to bless it to our heart. ask you to give us strength physically. Help us to minister the word of the Lord. I pray that you would touch every need that is in this building. Help each and every one to be encouraged to have faith and courage to know that there is a God that is not only listening, but he is already on the job doing what we are asking him to do. He said, ask and you shall receive, seek and you shall find, knock, and it shall be opened unto you. Lord, let us be encouraged tonight to do that very thing that you have challenged us to do. And we give you praise and glory and honor for all these blessings and promises that come from the hand of the Lord and we give you glory in Jesus name clap your hands and praise him thank him right now God bless you tonight you can be seated in Jesus name and everybody said I love to pray Hallelujah. Jesus was quite thorough in his instructions concerning praying and prayer. In fact, much is said from the mouth of our Lord concerning prayer and praying to God and making our petitions known before him. That in spite of the fact that the Lord already knows what we have need of, we are encouraged to dialogue with God. Notice I did not say monologue, but, but rather God encourages us to come and have conversation with him. In fact, you find that very invitation given in Isaiah where the Lord speaks to his people and he encourages them to come closer to him. That somehow that whatever is between his people and himself, that, that if we could just come together and reason, and uh, deal with the issues that are really a hindrance to our relationship. If we could just understand that God is very concerned about the things that stand between us and Him. And the only way to deal with that is to get back to that place where there is communication and that there is that dialogue that opens the channel to let God not only hear what we are concerned about, but that God can talk to us us about what is concerning him tonight somebody say amen and it's in this dissertation concerning prayer that we need to notice that Jesus tells us in verse 6 that when thou prayest to enter into thy closet and when you have shut the door to pray to your Father which is in secret and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward you openly. And then it tells us in verse 7 when you pray. Somebody shout when you pray. Use not vain repetition as the heathen do. For they think they're going to be heard for their much speaking. And in this he does not say that if you pray. He says when you and I come before the throne of God. And we begin to pray and let God begin to speak to us. Just as we are speaking to him. He does not say if. He tells us 
when you pray. It is in the when of praying that I want to focus on tonight. It is in the when that God begins to reveal his will to tell us what to do and to tell us not what not to do. And then in verse 9 it tells us what we need to say and a basic outline of prayer to the Lord. But in my study I noticed that Jesus in all of the what to do and the what not to do and what to say he never says anything about what is taking place in the when of prayer I want to submit to you that tonight that in all of what we know to do when we pray and the things God has admonished us not to do when we come to him in prayer that our posture our attitude our spirit that when we come to God the these are the things I want to see and these are the things that are not that I don't want to see I, I want to see somebody come to me I, with a passionate heart I, and a hungry spirit I, that will say to themselves God whatever it is I, I've got to do I, to get connected to you I, and let you work your will in me I, God let that happen to me I, when I'm in prayer and so the Lord, as I've already said, he doesn't really tell us what takes place in the when. Everybody say the when. It is in the when of prayer that God begins to do things that our natural eyes often do not see. Our spirit really never picks up that God is doing anything. Sometimes when you pray, there, there's no guessing about it. I know I've, got, I've talked to God. I know that God has heard me. I know I feel the witness of the Spirit. But in this text, Jesus never takes the liberty to explain to us what's taking place and the when as we pray to God. It's as though as far as he's concerned, it was the Father's business to work out the details. Boy, it's quiet, but you stay with me. I'm going to help you tonight because sometimes God has to leave us in the dark so we learn how to trust. God has to leave us not knowing so that he can exhibit his, his all-sufficient wisdom. He, he puts us in a place where even though we don't feel anything and God seems a million miles away, he allows that to happen where we never get the attitude that my prayers are gonna are gonna uh, manipulate God or twist his arm uh, to make him do things the way perhaps my carnal uh, mindset and appetite would like him to do but if I could ever get to that place uh, and you could ever get to that place uh, where when I pray uh, it's not about what I want uh, necessarily as much as it is uh, about what God wants uh, to do in my life uh, and in yours oh hallelujah somehow we could understand that many times that God in his sovereignty reserves those things to himself that in his all sufficiency that whether we know things or whether we don't God is still able to do and work his will and do his good pleasure and work it in our life amen to where the blessings of God are manifest on our life and the world has to stand back and understand 
friend, that's the kind of individual that has a walk with God that even though they didn't see God moving, they still trusted God and believed when they prayed. Too many times we're caught up in the fact that if I don't feel it, maybe God's not listening. But I'm submitting to some people in this church tonight the reason why you're going through the trial and the dry season and in the dark moment of prayer is because God is teaching you to just hang in there and trust me whether you feel anything or not. You don't have to know everything for God to be answering your prayer. You don't have to understand everything for you to be able to trust God with your problem, with your sickness, and with your family. But if somehow we could look beyond the dark veil of the wind tonight, and we can begin to see what God sees and what the devil knows and what causes demons to tremble and angels to rejoice. I do believe that you and I would no longer go to God in prayer or to a prayer room with that half-hearted attitude. Well, I'm just going through the motions. Prayer meeting was called 30 minutes before church began and I better show up or pastor's going to say something about it. Can I submit to you that if that's your attitude about talking to God then you're missing the entire picture God's trying to get you excited about talking to him hey he wants you to understand I'm not only your savior I'm still your deliverer I'm still your way maker I'm still your problem solver all I need you to do is pray and believe me in the wind it's in the wind that we need to resolve the issues that though I don't understand God knows and though I don't feel anything God is moving praise God somebody say that with me God is moving say it again God is moving God is moving upon your loved ones. God is moving in the times, uh, amen, that you don't think God, amen, has drawn near to them. God is moving even though they seem like they're getting further and further away from God. Uh, God knows what He's doing in the wind of your prayer. We could ever get to that place. I believe we would never question or wonder if God is ever going to hear us. I preach to people here that if you would be honest with me, you have often left a prayer closet wondering, did God even hear me? Uh, it seems like the heavens are brass. I don't feel anything. I, I feel like my, my prayers are not getting above the ceiling. Uh, and, and what is it that God is doing? Uh, if he's not hearing me, how's he going to move? Uh, that's the question that enters our mind many times. Where is God when I pray? What is God doing when I pray? And it's in this attitude and posture that when we come to Him and though we don't feel, we come to Him and though we don't see, it is that attitude of faith that God sees it and He said, that's what I'm looking for. That's the kind of faith, that's the kind of trust that brings answers to prayers. It's the kind of faith that says, I know that I know that I know God is hearing me. 
It's the kind of faith that makes you pull your shoulders back and bat your eyes in the devil's face and remind him very quickly that, hey, it doesn't matter what you say and it doesn't matter what you're telling me. I know by assurance of faith and the word of God that God is listening and I know that he's working in the wind of my prayers. Sometimes we don't quite, uh, are sa- we're not quite satisfied with all of that because we have to know the details of the when. Praise God. That's the way it is because we're just human, and that's natural to do that. But you, you want to know what kids are doing when you don't see them, don't you? You want to know what they're up to because they're too quiet. I tried to sneak up on Sister McCool here the other day. In fact, she's gotten real good. Amen. It kind of picked me off before I could slip up behind her and kind of goose her. You know what I'm saying? Boy, y'all are quiet. Don't act like y'all don't do that to your wife. Shame on you. Amen. But you, you know, I slip up there on her, and uh, and all of a sudden, boy, she'll she'll kind of quickly turn around, catch me in the peripheral vision, and she'll start laughing, and she said, "I know that you're there." She could probably tell this story better than I'm telling it right now. Amen. Quit laughing, Sister Moore. Praise God. And my wife will say, I, you're too quiet. I, something's up. I knew you were there. And, and I wish sometimes we would catch that sensitivity. That oftentimes when God seems silent is when God is up to something good. Let me move on. Send me on. Hallelujah. But I do believe that you and I would never go to a prayer room anymore of some half-hearted attitude. Amen. We would never question or wonder if God is going to hear us. We would forever settle the issue that, and find a renewed effort when we pray and talk to God that, that God is going to answer me and God is listening and God is writing it down. And uh, if I'll just keep my eyes peeled, uh, I'm going to see uh, the manifestation uh, of a God uh, that's not only hearing me, uh, but God is answering the prayer that I'm praying. Because God promises to answer prayer. In Mark 11 and 24, I want you to consider with me the word of the Lord tonight when he says, Therefore I say unto you that what things soever you desire, everybody say when, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. What things soever you desire. When you pray, there has to be that connection when you pray that you don't come to God just with the same old repetitions of prayer. You don't come to God with that same renumeration of idioms that you've learned. Oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus. Well, oh, Jesus, what? Oh, Lord, oh, Lord, oh, Lord. Well, oh, Lord, what? Somewhere we've got to communicate not only with word, but with passion from our mind and our spirit. If we want to connect with God, it is that reaching out beyond what mere words convey, but speaking a language 
amen, that people may not understand, but it's quite clear to God. I believe that's why the Bible tells us to pray in the Spirit. For no man understandeth him. Why? Because in the Spirit he's speaking mysteries. Coming to that place where you talk in tongues when you pray. You pray in the Spirit. And you pray with the Spirit. I truly believe that there is a defining element there that when you're in the Spirit, yeah, I believe you're talking in tongues. Uh, but it also said pray with the Spirit. And that means sometimes I'm praying with my understanding. Just like Paul said, uh, I know what I'm time, know what I'm saying. Uh, amen. And I want the devil to know what I'm saying sometime. Uh, there are things I want him to hear. Uh, because when I'm praying that way, uh, and I know I still got that connection. Amen. I'm rubbing it in his face. That regardless of what you do, greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world. Hallelujah. I say unto you what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. In Matthew 7 and verse 7 he said, ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone, everybody said, everybody. Turn around, look at your neighbor, said, that means you too. Turn around, look at the other one sitting beside you and tell him, said, that means you. Everyone that asketh receiveth, not just the spiritual elitists, hmm. not just the rich folks. Not just the folks that pray for a miracle under $50. You with me, ain't you? He said, everyone that asketh, receiveth. Sometimes the answer is yes. Sometimes it's maybe. Sometimes God says, wait. Where are you at with that tonight? Don't ask you to raise your hand. But where are you with that tonight? Still waiting for the yes? Afraid he may say no? And worst of all, being tormented by the fact that a maybe is all you get from God. Could it be that God is simply saying, wait. Let me work some things out. Just be patient when you pray. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh, everybody said, findeth. This is much akin to the miner, those that dig into the mountains, those that are seeking the gold, seeking the silver, trying to harvest the rubies and the diamonds out of the, out of the depth of the earth. It is that passion that says, I've just got to keep working until I discover it. I've got to keep reaching until I obtain it. Can I preach to somebody here that you've been praying a long-term prayer waiting for God to move? But he said, if you keep seek him you're going to find it and God's going to reward you to him that knocketh it might be open unto him oh what it say shall pastor's the only one awake in here tonight praise God he had his coffee before he got to church or what man is there of you that means woe man too I say, whoa, man. Y'all are really making me nervous tonight. 
I know what you're doing. You want me to cut this message short. <laughs> what man is there of you whom his son asks bread? Now you think about it. You put yourself in his shoes. What man is there among you whom his son asks bread that he will give him a stone? Or if he asks a fish, he will give him a serpent. Mm. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your Father which is in heaven give good things to them that ask him? Now Luke says it this way, if you being judges of evil thoughts, if you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your Father which is in heaven give the Holy Spirit to them that ask Him? It's not a matter of just, God, I need, I need you to provide, you know, $50,000 for a building program. It's more than just coming to God and saying, Lord, I need you to, to heal a certain individual in my family. But he is saying even if you are an individual that's here tonight and you've not received the Holy Ghost, uh, there's no need for you to be afraid that when you ask God to fill you with the Holy Ghost uh, that you're going to get another spirit. No, when you ask God to fill you with the Holy Ghost, uh, that is exactly what God is going to give. Oh, hallelujah. I believe that we need to let God know what we want. Be specific when you pray. Don't beat around the bush. That bothers me to no end. Always has. I'm just cut out of the out of a different fabric, I guess. I just I don't like folks that beat around the bush. You women, y'all like to do that. I'm going to pick on y'all tonight. Is that all right? I'm going to pick on Sister McCool since y'all looking at me so hard. Amen. I get to go home with her. Hallelujah. But my wife, you know, she'd call and she'll, she'll start kind of asking questions. And I know the line of questioning that I'm getting, amen, is, and thank God there's not a flashlight there giving me the third degree like it is uh, from the FBI. It's just she's asking a line of questions and I know it's leading up to something. And y'all are awful quiet because because you know I'm telling you the truth. You women say amen. And all the rest of you hypocrites that didn't shame them. It's leading up to something. And you know they're beating around the bush. Just come on out and ask what you want. Oh, God have mercy. Just a lot easier. We waste 20 minutes sitting here trying to go through the questioning process. My God, give me a high five, preacher. Ain't nobody else going to help me preach, but I, your pastor's going to help me preach tonight. Hallelujah. Get the car keys ready, Sister McCool. Amen. Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock. And it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth. And he that seeketh findeth him that knocketh. It shall be opened unto him. There is a boldness that should accompany our prayer. Not this. And I believe in repentance. And I believe we often need to come to God with a contrite spirit. And a brokenness about us. 
and a grieving over our own transgressions. And somebody say amen. Because you ain't perfect, neither am I. Sometimes I find myself, it's almost like I spend an hour and I'm sitting here and I still ain't got past the fact that God forgive me. Help me with my attitude, God. Some of y'all there, y'all say, you know what I'm saying? Okay, let's get real tonight. And so here we are. The Lord is just simply saying, when you come to me in prayer, I don't need you to come with this constant groveling. This comes, oh, woe is me. I'm not worthy, oh God. Well, he already knows that. Okay? We're not deserving of grace and mercy. But he does give grace to help in the time of need. And when we pray, God is saying, I need you to come to me with faith. If you want something to happen in the wind, I need you to come to me with a confidence. Now, I had a wonderful dad. I had a wonderful mother. And when I came to them and I asked them for something that I knew that I needed, I didn't have to come to them getting on my hands and knees and groveling and coming to my parents. They would have thought I needed to go to the mental institution. You think about that. How much more? What does God see when we come to Him that way? If you need to repent, repent. Let's get it out of the way. But when you come and you start making petitions known, you need to, can I, can I just say it? Let's dry it up. Oh, I know that's strong, but can we dry it up and let's start? You know, when, when, when the Lord spake to the man of God, he said, get up off your face and stand up and look at me like a man. Hey, it's in the book. Go find it. It's there. I promise you it's there. He said, get up and talk to me like a man. In other words, be responsible. Pick, get your face up out of the floor and look at me. Because the answer is not at my feet. The answer is in my face. It is in my countenance shining down upon you. The projection of my, of my blessing and my will and my purpose for your life. And when we talk about the face of God, that's what he's talking about. To seek the face of God. Well, what do you mean? His will, His purpose, His plan, His provision. It's the things that emanate from the Spirit of God. That's what He's wanting us to do. Not grovel in such a defeated attitude. Yes, we may have sinned, but I'm repenting of God. I'm coming to Him and I'm saying I'm sorry. And I'm going to get up and I'm going I'm to dust myself off and I'm going to change my attitude and my spirit. Somebody help me preach or I'm going to go nuts right here. Sometimes we just got to get it under the blood. Amen. And get where we need to be. And therefore we have confidence with Him that He heareth us when we pray. You can be seated. Let's, let's move on here. Matthew 16, 18. Verily I say unto you, whosoever shall buy, you shall bind on earth, shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Somebody say amen. 
Amen. You've got, if, if you pray and you believe it and you are bound to God in your prayer life, you are bound to God in your covenant relationship with him, that's why he's able to say, ask what you will. And it shall be done for them of my father. It's I'm entering into that covenant relationship. I didn't say contract. Covenant. That is a relationship, not a business arrangement. Praise the Lord. And he said again, I say unto you, that if any two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it might be done for them my Father which is in heaven. Oh, is that what it said? It said, it shall be done. Let me ask you tonight. We, you know, it's 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 custom here, and I've, y'all done it for many many years. But but people come up here for prayer, and uh, they take time to pray with you. Pastor anoints you with all these good men of God and sisters of God come around and they they lay hands on you and they pray and they're seeking to pray the prayer of faith. I want to ask you a question: If their efforts of praying the prayer of faith, what good is it if you don't bring your faith with you? And so when you came for prayer tonight, let me ask you a personal question if you don't mind. Did did you take time to believe? Or are you just going through the motions? I, I hope this is all right. Praise God. Just sometimes we need to get all the stuff rearranged in our brain, don't we? kind of get the check up from the neck up that helps us understand here. He is saying, look, when you come to me in prayer, I need you to come to me with an attitude. Forget about what's happening in the wind. Forget about the timetable and watching the clock, when God's going to do it, how God's going to do it, when all this guy. Listen, just come to him and believe. If we come up here and, and we don't expect it to happen, you're going to leave with what you came expecting. You've got to come expecting it to happen. I have never seen a person get a miracle that they didn't come expecting it to happen when we laid hands on them and prayed for them. They came expecting it. It's not enough for the preacher to believe it. It's not enough for your brother or sister that's praying for you to believe it. The real question is, is do you believe that God's going to do it? Matthew 20, what time is it? 827? Now, I got you out of here pretty early Sunday night. And I didn't hold you long Sunday morning. And I feel all right tonight. You with me? I don't mind you falling asleep tonight. Don't snore. Matthew 21, verse 18. Now, in the morning as he returned to the sea. I, I, I know where I'm going here. You stay with me. I know where I'm going with this. Now in the morning as he returned into the city, he hungered. And when he saw a fig tree in the way, he came to it and found nothing thereon but leaves only. And he said unto it, let no fruit grow on thee henceforth forever. Everybody say forever. That's a long time. And presently the fig tree withered away. And when the disciples saw it, they marveled. 
They were amazed, saying, How soon is the fig tree withered away? Jesus answered them and said unto them, Verily I say unto you, If you have faith and doubt not. You see, it's not enough to say if you have faith. He's saying just deal with the doubt. Have faith, but don't let the doubt stick its head up. Hmm. If you have faith and doubt not. I don't have time to go into the Greek on that, but he is simply saying there are two conjoined things here. Having faith and not letting doubt cancel it out. So he tells them, Verily I say unto you, if you have faith, doubt not, you shall not only do this as was done to the fig tree, but also, everybody say also, if you say to this mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea, it shall be done. Jesus was simply telling them, don't be amazed about this. I, you see it today like I saw it yesterday. He is, he is helping them understand that it's, as he says in verse 22, all things, everybody said all things. Not just the headache. Everybody said all things. Not just the things under $100. Everybody say all things. Whatsoever you shall ask in prayer, believing. Everybody say believing. You shall receive. Mm. John 14. Verily I say unto you, he that believeth on me the works that I do, shall he do also in greater works than these? Shall he do because I go unto my Father? Everybody said amen. And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. I'm, I'm going to stop right here. Do you realize that God gets glory out of answering your prayer? Oh, God, show me your glory. Okay, well, let me answer some prayers here. I want God to get glory out of my life. Okay, are you willing to trust Him while you pray? I feel that moving on, Spirit. I better get with it. John 15 and 7, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Mm. John 15, 16, you have not chosen me, I have chosen you and ordained you should go forth and, and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain and whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it you. I've got other scriptures, going to just skip over that and I'm going to move right on into this. Is that all right? Praise God. And all the scriptures we've just read, not one time did God ever say what happens in the wind, did he? Get the tape. You go back and you read those verses of scripture. Not one time does God say what happens in the wind. See, that's where you and I get locked up sometimes. Because we are focused about how God's going to do it, when God's going to do it, and get all the details about this before we will believe him. So in all these promises of the Lord to answer the prayers of God's people, Jesus never tells us about what is taking place in the wind. But if we could just roll back the veil, I believe God has given us what I think is a revelation and a truth of what happens when God's people pray. Consider with me that 100 lightning bolts blast the earth every second. That's 8 million daily surges that strike the earth Every day. 
It provides more energy than you could possibly imagine. In fact, just the strike of one lightning bolt is enough to to uh, move electric generators. Amen. Every one of them that's in the United States, every electric generator that's in the United States. And even though three quarters of that bolt's energy is used up uh, and burned up as heat and the surrounding air heats up to about 50,000 degrees Fahrenheit. Somebody say that's hot. There's still enough energy to deliver a full 125 million volts of electricity to where it's going. That is incredible, folks. That's powerful. And I'm here to tell you that every prayer God answers, though it seems small to you, is a powerful thing. It's not that God has to put forth a lot of effort to make it happen. It's just the fact that God doesn't waste any time when he gets ready to answer prayer. He doesn't waste any expense. He, he pours it all out because of who we are and our relationship with him. Lightning's more than what our eyes can see. A lightning bolt traveling at 90,000 miles per second, that's the speed of light, better than the speed of light. It's hard to realize what's going on. The bolt gets its start from pulsing electrical surges, amen, but not what's going on in the air. It's not what's happening up there because that's not where lightning begins. Lightning begins on the ground. It's when the atmosphere gets right down here. Hello? How many of you, them storms that come through here? And down here in the south, you know, it's especially during the springtime and fall, and you could just feel the change in the atmosphere. And it's all of a sudden you feel the cool undertow coming in. Or sometimes in the fall, it feels like a moist, moist drawing in off the Gulf of Mexico before the cool air gets here. But all of a sudden, when it finally arrives, you, while you're waiting on it to happen, you, you just feel the change in the atmosphere, don't you? I remember playing baseball out on the Gulf Coast and when I was just a kid and, and be out there at the, uh, at the um, help me out, babe, at the, at the ball fields down there at the uh, harbor. And, uh, and, of course, that's where my wife and I met. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. But anyway, she, she understands what I'm saying, that sometimes when those storms were coming in off the Gulf in the summertime and you feel that coolness of the air and it's almost like you know it's fixing to get bad. Because you can feel that electricity running up the back of your neck almost where it's pushing your ball cap up. I've seen lightning come down. My mother, the bottom fall out. My mother picked me up from ball practice and headed home and watched lightning strike between our vehicle and the vehicle in front of us and get out and look in a big old hole in the ground about the size of a softball and about a foot deep. Incredible. Incredible. But the Lord is saying the things that you are looking for don't start with me. It starts with you. It starts in the earth. That when all of a sudden the atmosphere gets right, when the electrical charges start moving and the heat of that of that of that influence is pushing further, 
further, further up into the clouds to where finally the electrical charges and the heat and the change of temperature finally gets into the clouds where it's cooler. It causes that, that discharge of electrical power to happen. And all of a sudden, what you, what you thought was coming from above and starting at the above, that was not what was happening at all. It started right on the ground and made its way up. We used to say it this way, what goes up must come down and can I submit to you tonight that if you want God to speak his word and bring to pass an answer to prayer I think we need to do a lot more praying in faith and worship in faith and God is going to move you know in Luke it tells us he says I saw Satan fall like lightning in other words, when God gets ready to deal with your problem, it doesn't take me long to handle it. But I'm doing it as an answer to your prayer. Job, in verse 30, chapter 36, verse 32, very strange scripture in the King James. But I'm going to give you a little insight from a different version, if you don't mind. In Job 36 and 32, it said, With the clouds he covereth the light. And commandeth it not to shine by the cloud that cometh betwixt. Now that might as well be written in Greek for sure. Because that doesn't make a whole lot of sense, does it? But when you do break it down, the Amplified Version, I think, says it very accurately. It says, he covers his hands with the lightning and commands it to strike the mark. He covers his hands with the lightning. And commands it to strike the mark. It's almost as though God gives us a picture of angels carrying our prayers before the throne. I believe that that is one of the instrumentalities of, of the angels is to carry our prayers before the throne. I believe that you look at Jacob's life. I believe that ladder was indicative of, of prayer. And I believe it was also indicative of the blessing that returns. And when you begin to, to look at this, you'll find that, that, that when God is hearing our prayers and, and you feel like God's not moving, that God's not listening, you, you really don't understand that, that it's in the wind that you're entertaining the presence of angels. That while you're praying and you're travailing, you're seeking the face of God, that angels are slipping down there and boom, they're grabbing your words. That's exactly what he told Daniel. He said, Daniel, I came for your words. God comes for our words, church. Words that are not wasted like you may think. I'm preaching to some people here today. You feel like your prayer life is a waste of time. Feel that God's not listening. That God's not interested. But you don't understand that even when you don't feel anything, it's in the wind. That God is moving. And He's taking those words on the wings of angels and carrying right into the throne room of God. And he is covering his hands with the lightning of your words. Don't tell me you and I don't have power with God. He's covering his hands with the lightning of your prayers. But that's not all he does. Because he is watching and he is observing and he is considering the situation, and he knows the timing that's involved 
when he answers. And when he does, the Bible said that he commands it to strike the mark. Brother Don Ford, I'm telling you, God hears that prayer, and he knows when the time is right. And he knows that when he gets ready to handle your business, that he's going to do it, and he's going to do it in a timely fashion. And he speaks, and his Zeus ain't got nothing on God. Hallelujah. They get those pictures of Zeus, and boy, he's got that big old thunderbolt, and he's, he ain't got nothing on my God. When he sends that lightning bolt down, cancer's got to go. Fear's got to flee. Peace has got to dominate the turbulent situation. I'm here to tell you, God, God, some of God's greater miracles are often not the miracles that we think should be done the way we think they ought to get done. God does the miracle in spite of what we're going through. Can I say it this way? Going through hell and high water. Confusion. Going through all kinds of trials and tests. And, and we feel like we're getting burned up by the fire. Can I submit to you that God heard Shadrach, Meshach, and Amendigo's prayers. And it was what got them into the fire that got them out of the fire. Their faith. And when they were down there saying, Oh, King, do what you want. Heat it up all you want. But know this. But it's in the midst of that, the Lord sends the answer down. Didn't stop them from going in the fire, did it? but sure did keep them while they was in it. Didn't stop Daniel from going into the den of lions. I, we, we hear it preached in lions' den. It's a den of lions, folks. The, the lions were there. Everybody say amen. Didn't stop him from going there, did it? Didn't stop you from getting sick, did it? Didn't stop you from having to go to the hospital, did it? It didn't stop that person from walking away and leaving you alone, did it? it, it you know, can I, can, I could just go on and on and on with every situation. I'm going to let you fill in the blank tonight. But in all those things, God, God let us go through it, but he allowed that to happen so he could show us that even in the midst of it, I'm still the God that answers your prayer. My God, 842, let's stand. Praise God, I'll get you out of here. God bless your heart. Some of y'all are yawning. I got all excited about this service. And, amen. Sometimes we don't fully understand what's going on in the wind. I could go on and on about Elisha and the Syrians and, and all of the things that looked like they were done, their goose was cooked. But when God got to answer in prayer, God took care of their enemies. Mm. Mm. If you could understand that God puts angels on assignment when you pray. Because when you pray, God will cause the sun to stand still. He puts the armies of the aliens to flight. 
When God's people pray, ravens become waiters and the prophet is fed from the meat that came from the king's table, I believe. When we pray, the barrel of meal wastes not, the crucible does not fail. Some of y'all struggling with believing that tonight. I feel it. I feel it in my spirit. But I've come to encourage you. When we pray, a jawbone can be turned into a water fountain for Samson. Lions' mouths are shut. The violence of fire is quenched. When, when God gets involved in the wind of our prayer, reins are harnessed in the words of the prophet Elijah. Do you really understand that, that he was praying, no telling how long, and the servant kept going to the edge of the cliff face and looking out beyond into the sea and wondering where, when is all this prophecy going to happen? When is all this fulfillment of rain coming? And, and he come back. I don't see anything. We'll go back if you got to go back seven times. And there is no telling what happens in the when as Elijah prayed. Because it doesn't tell us how long. But he kept going. And Elijah kept praying. That's what happens in the wind when you pray. Because God sends the cloud like a man's hand. What some of you need to get an understanding of is it's coming whether you see it right now or not. Is that all right? It is coming whether you see it right now or not. Your pastor got up here and I felt such a prophetic unction on his words as he said it that Bendale is having revival. Amen. Bendale is going to have revival. Amen. And there are people connected to this church you're still praying for, but you're in the wind right now. And I'm imploring you hang in there because God is hearing and God's got the answer coming. And I'm going to believe in the wind of my prayer. Because God still opens the prison doors to the captive when God's people pray. He still causes the lame to leap and the dumb to speak. Blinded eyes to be opened and deaf ears to be unstopped. Fevered brows are cool. Sick are healed, dead are raised. What do you need God to do tonight? What do you need God to do? Some of y'all are thinking, I need God to let me go home. Bear with me in my folly. Well, let me tell you something. Some of y'all going to walk out of this church tonight and before Sunday comes, God's going to let you get a glimpse of things He's taking care of in the wind. Before next Sunday, some of the things you've been lingering long and talking to God and asking God to take care of, and you've just about got to that place where maybe I'm just not good enough for God to answer my prayer. No, the Lord's going to visit you. And He's going to start opening your eyes to some things. And the phone calls are going to come. and Things are going to be said in conversation and God's just going to cue you in on the frequency and let you hear.
great things happen in the wind of God's prayer. Praise God. Brother Buford, God has got his hand on it. He's got his hand on this thing. You just keep praying and you just keep waiting. God's going to take care of this situation. You understand what I'm talking about. God, man can't stop what God's already put his hand of approval on. Praise God. Praise God. I feel the Lord here. Mm. Mm. I want us to lift our hands right now. I'm going to hush. Bible study's over. Praise God. Stop worrying about what's going to happen in the wind. Just keep praying, church. My brother, just hang in there. God's moving in the wind. You don't have to feel it to know it. You don't have to see anything to believe it. You believe it and you will see it. Just keep holding on. God hasn't changed. His word is still the same and His promises are sure. Just keep on believing. Amen. The win of prayer is in the hand of God. The win of prayer is in His sovereignty. The win of prayer is in His control tonight. And God is going to do great things in the win. He just needs you to keep praying and He needs you to keep believing God has got this thing in control come on let's worship him all over this building right now God bless you too. let's give that unto the Lord in this place tonight praise God what are you doing I'm working in the wind time right now that's what I'm doing Hallelujah. I'm giving him glory and praise and honor in the wind time. Hallelujah. Because I believe what's really important in the wind time is my attitude, my countenance, and my words. So I want to be pleasing unto him in the wind time. Hallelujah. Praise God in the meantime. In the meantime. What a God we serve in this house. Thank you, Brother McCool. How true that is. We're living in a day where everything's about speed and quick service and you know if it's not done at a certain amount of time that you get it free or become discouraged or whatever but thank God we serve a God you know our times don't change him and sometimes it's in the wind time it's really it's where the answer's at hallelujah and I'm telling you our countenance our words and our actions during the wind time can make all the difference in the world God I want to please you I mean, I want to please him in the wind time. Hallelujah. With my countenance. Yeah. That rolling of the eyes sometime, I'm telling you. <laughs> oh, yeah. God's good, isn't he? Amen. Love you tonight. Appreciate you. Don't forget Sunday night, program night. Don't forget about that. Ladies, if you haven't signed up, there, there is a sheet in the back back here. Uh, look at it. Put your name on something. Bring something. We appreciate it so much. Invite somebody. Come expecting a good time. We love you and appreciate you tonight. It's good to have all the families back gone this weekend. Amen. Um, my, my granddaughter said y'all went on a field trip. Amen. She, she's telling me. And Sister Moore, she said, Sister Felicia and them, they're going on a field trip. Really? A field trip? Yeah. Said, and, and Marty and them, they're going on a field trip too. Really? A field trip? Yeah, they'll go. <laughs> so praise God. That's okay, though. It's good. But she got to go on one today. But anyway, love you. Appreciate you. Any announcements? 
All right. Love you. Appreciate you. See you Sunday morning. God bless you.